and welcome to Insurance Town. I'm the Mayor Heath Sheeran and the host of this podcast. Guys, this has been so much fun lately, and I've had a blast. We're really growing. We're really becoming a town here. This little dream and vision of mine, it's actually, you know, becoming a reality, and I'm loving it. We're putting some stop signs up and some street lights, and, you know, we're really, we're really doing this, guys. It's all because of you. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for telling your friends about it. Thank you for downloads, subscribing, the whole nine. I really appreciate it. If you haven't yet, please go subscribe. Uh, and please go share it on Facebook and whatever, Twitter and Instagram and all that kind of stuff too. I would love that. So today I am super pumped. Uh, I've got a great conversation for you today with my man, Wesley Anderson. Wait, wait, Wesley J. Anderson. I got to get that J in there, man. Uh, such a good conversation. This guy is amazing and he's a, a thought leader in our industry and he's someone who's you know, created a, a great software for you to use in your agency right now. Um, he also is the, the founder uh, or co-founder of Agency VA and he is also uh, an agency owner of two different agencies in two different states. What? This guy is a busy guy, got four kids, beautiful wife, family, the whole nine, volunteers in his church. I mean, this guy's wonderful. I uh, really enjoyed our conversation. I know you will too. It is without further ado, I bring to you my main man, Wesley Anderson. Mr. Wesley J. Anderson, what's happening, brother? Dude, just happy living, loving life here in good old Utah. There you go. I see you've been beefing up, doing some push-ups on Facebook. What's going on? That is call number three today where the push-ups get referenced. I have to share with everyone, this is supposed to be a 25-day challenge, 25 push-ups. I'm, I'm hitting about day 72. So all these wonderful causes, they're going to have to be extended because it's, it's not easy to do 25 push-ups in 25 days when you're bulking up, you know, for my bodybuilding competition I got going. So it's, <laughs> it's right. Are you slimming down? Are you beefing up? What's going on? Is it helping any? I mean, like... I'm, I'm beefing up in the sense that I've gained 70 pounds, but, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, no, it's, that's fantastic. it's more on the line of obese, but you know, you know what you do. Dude, it looks good, man. Your form is good. I I'm impressed. Yeah. Yeah. I got VAs uh, editing that video and making it look good. I do one <laughs> or two pushups and they hit it on repeat. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So it's one of those things. Um, so I see your kids are involved. You got four kids. I've seen, I think all of them doing push-ups. You got them involved. Yes. Dude, yep. I don't want check them. To you out. 70. Yep. Yep. They're in. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. So we mentioned you got four kids, beautiful wife. You said you're in Utah while we're there. Let's go ahead. And uh, my, my audience loves to go down memory lane. Uh, let's, let's take a trip down memory lane. Tell me your, your history as far back as you want to go and lead me up to where you're at now. Yeah, I, uh, I came from uh, my dad many, many years ago, started a tech company. And when I say started a tech company, this dates me. Um, he started it when the PC came out. Like, and, and his company is called IROM and the ROM is for CD-ROM because that was bleeding edge at the time. And so he, he it was a little after the floppy disk, um, then came in CD-ROM. But I yeah. grew up my whole life inside that tech company. And so I didn't realize uh, until I hit about high school that other kids... Uh, they weren't putting together PCs, networking uh, PCs, you know, doing some basic programming and coding, and then they could go to football practice. Like I thought, you know, that was like mowing the lawn. 
Like you had to do these things. And I just thought, I, I thought everyone else had to as well. Like just the same way they were out mowing the lawn, you know, they had to go in and, and set up a router or go set up an office or help develop an app or a software. And so I just thought that was everybody's way of life. So while they're playing Tecmo Super Bowl or Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, you're in building computers. Well, and I lived a beautiful life. I played all those games, Tecmo. And, and, and I mean, I, yeah, I, I played all that, but I had to get <laughs> my chores done, which were all the computer crap. So growing up in that tech environment was very fast-paced, a lot of fun. Um, but it, uh, about my 20s, it just kind of, it it's a lot of work. It's, 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 it was a ton of work. And I, I quickly realized I didn't want to be in an industry as Jimmy's boy. And so he had done such good things that that was, would be who I would grow to become, which I, my dad, like, I don't got daddy issues. I love my dad. Um, but I wanted to create my own thing. And it was interesting what my dad did. I had just built a brand new condo. I had uh, married my, my dream girl. I had two little babies. And my dad said, you realize to create and leave me and do and become Wes and become, you know, Wesley J. Anderson yourself, you're going to have to feel serious pain. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well, you've got a great life, son. You're in your young 20s. You build a brand new condo. Like, you don't get it. And he was exactly right. I, I, I did have to experience some crazy, crazy pain, which was awesome um, because we elected and said, what industries suck at technology? So I got real estate licensed, I got insurance licensed, and I went out and started creating. And in the creation, uh, I landed in my mother-in-law's basement in one bedroom with two children because insurance was where I saw a need and a void that I could fill. It wasn't as much real estate. And um, that doesn't pay super great the first little bit. And so- They were still in CD-ROM. Yeah, yeah. Well, they haven't left. I mean, I think the industry right. itself. I think the industry is DOS mode. Has, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like maybe advanced, like Napster. You know, we've got like we're 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 getting pretty pretty good. We're to the Napster stage, I'd say right now. So, right, right. We're good. getting there. Really, the pain that I was struggling with is that girl deserved a brand new home. That girl deserved everything. Like, and I promised her everything. And next thing she knows, she's married to a bum who has her in one bedroom back in her mom's house because my dad wasn't going to take me. That was the cool thing about my dad is he always dangled the carrot in front of me saying, dude, your clients here at our company, they're waiting for you. Like, come on. But if you come back, you're not going to be able to create and build. You got to fill this pain. What do you want to do? That was like a every two week conversation. Um, so we set up the insurance agencies. We did one here in Salt Lake City. We did one in Los Angeles. And kind of one of our uh, silver bullets was virtual assistants. And if I backtrack a little bit, virtual assistants was something I did with my dad since I was a kid. And so we would hit, uh, we would hit a, a, a critical mass stage that we needed more work done. And my dad would be like, yo, you need to get, you know, a programmer that can speak this language, do this. And I didn't have, I mean, it wasn't, the world wasn't as small as it is today with technology. I really had to get creative finding someone from, you know, Iceland to help us or someone, you know, but once you start doing it, it becomes like one of your greatest tools. So fast forward to insurance, we were using them, you know, on our first agency 10 plus years ago and second agency, same thing. And we realized that was kind of the only thing we were doing different than everybody else. Uh, so, the so the VA, tell me this. Okay, so Utah, I understand. You live in Utah, great life there in Utah, as you said. 
California. Is that a critical mass thing? How did you end up no, in California? That's a bonehead thing. That is nothing more than I don't know insurance. Like this, <laughs> this paints okay. a picture of my insurance knowledge. Uh, meeting with my dad and discussing like we need more people to sell to. Like Utah is just the population density we need greater. And uh, him suggesting, well, where's a, where's a good one around? And uh, landed in Los Angeles. But the intelligent thing of, of like fundamental basic insurance knowledge, I wish all you listeners out there, one of you would have stood up and told me, I should have created a sub-agency of the existing agency that was there. But instead, new carrier appointments, new tax ID. I didn't know you could do that as you transferred states. And so... Um, that ended up being, I mean, that was many years of my life <laughs> because of that mistake. But uh, currently, you know, uh, Salt Lake City, LA, they're fine. Agencies are okay and doing well. And um, I'm able to do agency VA and my two agencies. I'm, everyone always says, well, why don't you sell them? Well, how can I empathetically talk to the insurance world if I'm not doing it? I don't want to be a one and done guy that was good at insurance. And then, because it changes, it should be changing, hopefully. Um, I want to stay on the front lines, in the trenches, um, and using the tool that I profess and believe the most, which is VAs. And I can respect that completely. And having those two agencies, so as you and I both know, uh, efficiency is a huge key right now and a huge buzzword in the industry that we're in. So two agencies, two different states, managing VAs all over the place. I saw you were in Puerto Rico. No. Where we, we were somewhere recently, I saw the beautiful beach in the background, but you're managing VAs, you know, keeping up with all that. How do you do all that and be efficient? Talk to you about what you're doing, how you're doing it, maybe the tools you've developed or whatever you're doing. Sure. And you felt like the most important venture that I'm doing. I actually serve as Brad Pitt's double um, in, in movie roles. So, oh, like, yeah. yeah, I can like, see it. I mean, we look so similar that right. there's a lot of that that fills up my time. But when I'm not acting, uh, you know, as Brad Pitt and, you know, doing some of his, you know, major movie roles. Um, the yeah, great unfortunately, I get Joey Fatone. So you're better <laughs> off with Brad Pitt. Well, I, I get like Gimli from Lord of the Rings. I get like, like people are like, <laughs> this is like the most hurtful thing someone could say. They're like, I've heard you on a ton of podcasts. And then I met you in person and they're like, I thought you'd be a lot taller. They're like, you're, you're pretty small. Like you're more Bilbo Baggins, you know, unless. Well, I get, I get either Joey Patone or I, or I get uh, some other terrible actor. Uh, and so anyway, yeah, uh, no, keep, keep going. No, Sorry I, to interrupt I you. That. So as it pertains to efficiency and stuff, uh, we knew long ago that we would have to create a software. So I've, I've talked a little bit about VAs, but really fundamentally who I am is technology. And so we started developing a software uh, a couple years ago that specifically focuses on efficiency inside insurance agencies. And we built it for our VAs, but we use it for our whole team. And I believe, Heath, I, I believe very strongly that just like Accord forms are the standard for any kind of form in the insurance world. This software that we've developed will be, and this is going to be a fun thing to look back on as the years progress, it will be the software and the standard for remote workers. And pre-COVID, we were building this 
because you know we were doing this VA model and, and we wanted carriers to be okay with us doing this VA model and carriers cared about cybersecurity. Uh, insurance agencies in, in, in setting up a VA cared about cybersecurity. I cared about efficiency. I also care about cybersecurity, but this product uh, and the software that we developed and, and how I'm able to you know, move and, and, and do various ventures, it tracks every keystroke, every mouse movement, every screen refresh rate, and it then submits back to the agency a workload capacity indicator on, on how much more, you know, can we provide for the respective agent or VA. So it helps our efficiency dramatically. Um, and I, again, uh, I know it's a bold statement, but I believe that will be the standard inside uh, of the whole insurance space because carriers are adopting it right now, white labeling it, um, and it's, it's working well. So, okay. So now within your own agency, you, is it completely in California ran by VAs, not ran by, but VA focused, or do you have producers and CSRs and other staff there as well? And same for Utah. Uh, how much VA work do you delegate out? It's, it's surprising. It always catches people off guard. I'm fairly traditional as it pertains to the makeup of an agency. And I wanted to be incredibly careful when I developed Agency VA that we weren't taking out the value proposition, um, you know, of the agents here. But rather, I view a VA is kind of playing the game of baseball with PEDs, with your steroids. Like, we should only make the agents better. That's, that should be the case. Like we shouldn't come in and replace, but we should make them better. If an agent, you know, is, is closing uh, $20,000 in premium to make the VA, you know, efficient and work in place, that same agent needs to double that, potentially triple that. So I have always had agents. I, I will have agents, um, but I try to stuff as many VAs as I can to them. And I, I always share the same, the same type of story to, to explain how we set it up. Insurance is unique. If you look at an industry like restaurants, everyone knows restaurants and how they flow. The owner of a restaurant doesn't mow the lawn. The owner of a restaurant isn't bussing tables. The owner of a restaurant isn't even cooking the food. Okay, now if you go in the insurance world, one of the first things that was sticker shock and weird to me you know, because in choosing the industry I was going to come into, I had to learn about it. Well, I would see the owner and I'd watch him and he was quoting and I'd look at the owner and he just added a car and they were doing so many different parts of the, uh, of, of what existed and was required in an insurance agency that I thought this is, this is bonkers. This is bananas. Like the lawn needs to be mowed by a VA. You know, we got to get those tables bust by a VA because I need my agents to do the profit generating things, be a great server you know, upsell and, and do that. And so the VAs come in and do those dollar <clears throat> an hour tasks so that the agents are free to sell. Right. Do you think uh, that that goes back to a trust factor with some of these agency owners you talk about? And I've been at this 18 years now and I've seen a lot of the same things in Arkansas all the way, you know, across the country. So many agency owners are involved, but you think it's more of a trust thing or they think they can do it better or they don't trust someone else to do certain medial tasks or, you think it's more of a, they can't find the right person to do it or what say you on that? Yes. <laughs> Each thing you, you said is, is really accurate. And I also believe that um, Michael Gerber writes a book. Oh my gosh, it's going to escape me right now. And it essentially breaks down the types of individuals that exist within companies. 
and he uses funky words, but the, the two prominent ones are entrepreneurs and technicians. And an entrepreneur builds a business and they set it up and they build the systems and the processes and, 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 and make it really awesome and great and better for those working inside of it. E-Myth? Go ahead. E-Myth? Is that the name of the book? Yours is spot on. Yep. And I, I read okay. that once a year. For anyone listening, that's an incredible book. I read that once a year. I just can't remember the stupid title. Um, anyway, I, go ahead. <laughs> I think the insurance world has a lot of technicians. I think that they are just lights out as it comes to, you know, they each have a different skill set selling or they're lights out at, you know, retention and keeping those clients on the books. But when it comes to being an entrepreneur, it's more of a stretch for them. And so I think that that slows a lot of the progression um, that the industry should and could have. And I actually, it's been really great. The past three, four years, I'm seeing more. There's a lot of entrepreneurs coming in and they're uglier and younger. And, uh, and I, I think the good ones respect those before them and want to make better, you know, not necessarily cause danger or inflict pain or uh, the big word is uh, disrupt. No, I think they want to make, make it better. And I'm seeing more of that, which is so powerful and so healthy for our industry. Yeah, I had this conversation with uh, one of my guests a few weeks ago, and, and I truly believe maybe, our, maybe insurance is becoming a little more sexy as we are catching up with the technology, and especially what you're talking about. And I want to rewind back a minute because I don't want to miss anything on this because it's fascinating, the technology you've got going. So you measure their keystrokes, you measure their activity, you measure what's going on. Now, do you give them a score, uh, A, B, C, D, or is it more like elementary school where you get a N, S, E, whatever? How, how does that work on that part? And tell me what that looks like to the end user on the other side of that. Sure. As we bundle this up and, and allow agents to use this and, and offer it to you know, the insurance world as a whole, uh, I've got to change the name of what it currently exists because it's kind of a mouthful. We have what's called a workload capacity indicator, maybe the acronym WCI or something. I don't know. But this workload capacity indicator. Is that kind of like the flux capacitor? On Dude, I was going to say that. But I'll let you. I was going to say it because it comes to my brain every time I say those words. I see the doc. Um, right? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, and I'm Marty McFly. So uh, with this workload capacity indicator, some of the various you, variables you mentioned are there and there's others that we have added and there's an algorithm running that, that against everybody else, it creates a score one through 100. Now, when everyone sees that, they're like, I want to get my person to 100. What they don't realize well, is, that, go ahead. I may be beating you to this, but my thoughts on that, as you say one to 100, don't let me steal your thunder. I can no, edit it no. if I need to. But I'm thinking if I've got a VA that's hitting 95, 94, that's bad news because they're being overworked. But then again, on the flip side, if they're hitting like a 45, 50 maybe, I think that's bad because then they're just sitting on their budget eating Cheetos at home watching Netflix is that kind of where you were going? I didn't mean to steal your thunder. Hundred percent, you're thoughts. accurate. You're you're accurate. So so use use the the uh, workload capacity indicator like temperature. Too hot is a one way ticket to being burnt out. Too cold is you're losing efficiencies. And you got to realize it's it's great when I get on these podcasts to share with people. They often think I'm insurance first. 
No, 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 no. I'm insurance second, technology first. So many of these beautiful agents across the country are very good at having a gut feeling on what a CSR is doing is good or what, you know, an agent is doing is good or bad. I don't have that gut feeling. So I had to create something that eliminated emotion. And I could come in and say, look, you're at uh, 30, which is acceptable while you're training. But that's, that's four months ago, man. Like we need you to get here. And I can set, I need you here. And they know, cause they can see this is where the top is at. Now I have, uh, it's, you know, this is, this is our software. We've developed it. We love it. And I'm, I use it poorly. My favorite VA runs about a 93 and my favorite VA that's been with me for many, many, many years. He has assistance in VAs and he still runs it like a 93. He's not a healthy human though. That he, is that Victor? No, Victor. I love Victor. Is dude. Team. Victor's great, isn't he? He can see. <laughs> that dude is legit. He's great. Yeah. He, le- anyway, shout yes. out to Victor. Victor is phenomenal. And, and you're, you're referencing something that uh, will actually shed some light on. When people, I, I opened up the doors as I went across the country of, and I, I still to this day believe in this part. I want to help anyone I can. I will leave the insurance world better than I found it. And to do so, I have to make myself available. Well, as I you know, went and spoke on stage, I'd say, look, message me on Facebook. <laughs> and that's a beautiful thing. But what happened is it became a multiple hours per day I was having to respond. So now I'm doing the worst thing humanly possible. I have to have a VA inside my uh, instant messenger on Facebook that helps regulate and gets to me the actionable items. And, but you're referencing Victor. He lives inside my Facebook messenger I didn't want a bot. I wanted a human and he needed to mesh well with me. And Victor is on Sergio's team, who is my VA that runs really, really hot. Victor runs a healthy pace. He, he scores healthy. Um, but yeah, it's that, that's, and that is right there. What we're explaining is how people should use VAs, whatever is bogging them down and is maybe a $10, $12 an hour task, a VA should do it because anytime an owner of an insurance agency does a $10 an hour task, like it or not, that's the valuation they place on themselves of who they are and what, what their efforts and energy is worth. And so um, they shouldn't do that. It's not healthy. So would you say your perfect score then would be somewhere in the 60 to 70 range or 80 no. maybe? No. Okay. Uh, upper so, 60. Upper upper 60 s- just, just like weather, bro. <clears throat> For us, for me, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna include you. San Diego. Yep, this fat guy. I'm like nice, you know, <laughs> 68. Yeah, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. Yeah, don't come to Arkansas because it's always 115. Yeah, uh, no thanks. Can't do it, dude. <laughs> terrible. Okay, so before we get sidetracked on weather and fat, uh, I do want to a couple things you brought up. Um, okay, so back to that perfect score a minute. Um, okay, so let's say I'm an agency owner and I've got a staff of uh, 10. Are you saying that this technology, as we move forward even further into COVID and quarantine and more and more companies are selling real estate and putting their people out of their homes, could you use this in, could I use this in my agency of 10? And if I've got eight of them at home, could I put this technology in and, and measure what they're doing there? Or is it yeah. only for your VAs? No. Talk to me about that. I, I, right now it's only for the VAs because we're breaking it, building it, breaking it, building it. Uh, and we're working with the carriers when we release it. Um, and I'm hopeful fourth quarter or first quarter here shortly, when we release it, it will be available to agencies. And I actually think it will go one step farther. I believe that agencies or pardon me, carriers will require agencies to use it for remote workers. 
So we're on a new landscape, a new frontier of people working from home. You know, Lexus Nexus used to march in and say, you have to have an office, you know, then you've got some guy from the mafia taking out your legs because you don't, you didn't lock your door and you know, your filing cabinets exposed. And now they're like, oh, there's a virus. Uh, maybe you can work from home. Exactly. And it's, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. But the, the pendulum is going to swing back a little bit. And I think the software is going to be that moderator that says, okay, okay, we'll let you work from home. But you need something that's protecting these social securities, that's protecting these uh, credit cards, that's protecting all this valuable information. No, I think you're exactly right. And it's funny you say that. I mean, um, I've spent... In 18 years, you know, almost half my time on agency and the other in more, a little bit more on the company side. But when I first started out, they were having me appoint agencies. Like you said, I couldn't appoint any agency that didn't have physical presence or brick and mortar. And now it's funny to see that change into where now it's, oh, okay, you're working from home. And a lot of these agencies, and again, you mentioned earlier, you were insurance second tech first. Yeah. And I feel like some of these, this newer blood coming in, younger guys, there's agency principals in Arkansas, like 22, 23 years old, making this stuff look really sexy uh, because I think more and more, would you say, I'll ask you, we're more and more and more like you, tech first, insurance second. And is that a good thing going forward for our industry? I believe it is as long as it's paired with what I shared with you earlier. There must be respect for those that came before you. And I, I think that those, I'm, I'm watching some people that are, are, you know, of my same mindset. And if they don't have that respect, I don't think it's as powerful uh, but paired with that respect, I think it's the best thing that could happen to the industry. And there's so many things that I don't know from a traditional side that I need to lean on a seasoned agent. But there's also so many things that I view as, duh, you should be doing that, that they think I'm holding, you know, uh, Marty McFly's hoverboard. And so um, there can be a balance and there should be a balance that exists. And and it's happening. And it has to happen in this industry because the median age of this industry is so... Um, it's, it's, it's not young. I was going to say so, so old, um, no. but it's, 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 it's we're getting old. close to that old age there, Wes. So be yeah, careful I, I'm now. on the, I'm on the dark side of 30. So I, I, I just rolled over that big four Oh last couple months ago. Anyhow, so, beard. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's wisdom streaks, baby. Uh, and three kids. Um, so uh, going back a minute uh, again, I'm ADHD. So this, my podcast listeners know this, you'll figure it out as you go. Um, Okay, so you talk about your dad a lot. You reference your dad. I, I started off with my dad. Uh, he's a old school like gangster insurance guy um, from, I mean, way back. He's been in it fifty plus years, still selling to this day. And when he started me off, I was knocking doors, literally knocking doors. And to go to your point, uh, fast forwarding now, uh, three years ago, I went through the Pace Setter program. If anybody knows, shout out, you know, a little bit of State Auto. Um, love their pace setters program so wonderful. But one of the things they do, even though we're still tech and we're going forward, they still have you cold call. They still have you knock doors. And I think it goes back to what you're saying, that respect. And I appreciate you saying that. And I agree with you 100%. But I found that fascinating as you talked about. You said it out loud. You're tech first, insurance second. And I'm afraid other agencies, new guys may not say that out loud. But I'm glad you did. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that is who I am. And it pretty much bleeds through when I communicate. Um, but what I'm, what, you know, the stripes that I wear and that I love is I did spend 10 years. Um, I, and I, I wouldn't put to rest the things that they were saying that worked for marketing. I wouldn't say that that, you know, was false. I would, I would test it. And 
some of the things ha- would have little nuggets that I would pull from and use and then apply a technological principle because, you know, if we're honest, running an agency is nothing but a bucket full of problems and you've got to come up with solutions as the problem arises. And my only, I mean, when I would pull from my arsenal, it was technology, technology, VA, VA. And so that's what I knew. I did what I knew, but I had to learn how they were doing it. Um, one of the things that I'm seeing right now that's really interesting, you know, we speak with hundreds of insurance agency owners across uh, the country. You get a look under the hood of a lot of really pretty cars and see how they operate, what they're doing. There is such a trend right now of lead generation on aged leads. Something that when you go to an internet forum and you say, hey, should I buy the leads from Quote Wizard? You get 50 people that yell at you how stupid you are for saying that. Well, we're watching uh, people, large, large organizations and agencies that are taking these aged leads. You know, this is like a, a, an old school principle and they're having the VA light up the phone and then the VA is live transferring to the agent and um, it's working. And there's agencies that are producing hundreds of thousands of dollars utilizing that simple technique. And then on the back end, there's always, yeah, but that's not me because that has bad retention and that that's a non-standard book. And it's like, I don't know why people, when you ask the person, have you done it? No. Well, if you haven't well, tasted Coke, how, how do you know about it? Like, right. Me, you're not a Coke expert. <clears throat> you're a Pepsi drinker. Quit telling me about Coke, you know? And, and that's, I see that in insurance so much. I'm like, you said very valid, very valid points. Have you done it? Well, no, but I heard about this eight. Well, try it. And I would say a lot of what I had to learn with VAs and with technology was trying and, and getting in there and, and building the scripts out for these lead generation type programs. And, um, and it works. Right. Um, I believe, you know, if I'm not mistaken, uh, you had a quote, I believe I heard you say this, um, that with, with going into data a little bit, going back a little bit, uh, that our data, we want to drive as fast as a Lamborghini, but we're stuck driving a golf cart. I believe that's what you said. Mm-hmm. And, and I love that analogy. And, you know, going back to what you're saying here, because from what we know about our, our mutual friend and Seth, which I love, he can go like Madonna. He just Seth. He doesn't even need a last name anymore. But <laughs> the shoes off when he speaks. I mean, that says it all right there. You know, it that, does. That, that's but, you the know, one name Seth. <laughs> exactly. But what I hear when I hear about Neon and this changing the world, you know, thing he's coming up with, a lot of this he talks about is measuring the same things you're measuring and some of the things, same things you're doing. Are you working closely with him on that? Uh, and maybe that's pulling back the curtain too much. No. But, or is there going to be some inter, some intertwine there? What's going on there? There's no curtain here, man. Um, so Seth Zaremba, who I love, incredible friend, uh, great mentor, one of the guys before me that I lean on constantly because he is so brilliant. And, you know, anyone that knows him knows that that brilliance is paired with kindness that's unprecedented. So, oh, and a passion like I've never seen oh, in my life. Yes. Every time I talk to him, I get fired up when I run literally through like the Kool-Aid man through the brick wall. Yes, yes. So uh, there, Seth, Sidney, and Clint, Clinton, I don't know if you've met him, all three of them spent multiple days here in Utah. So I think we had three or four days together. Um, to put things in perspective, this is where I learned I loved him. I said, I said, Hey, neon team, 
Um, you know, we've got some beautiful cabins out here that we can push in. Um, if you'd like, there'd be a cleaning fee associated with it. And, you know, I'll go half seas with you if you want to do that. Cause you're coming to my hometown and they're beautiful and brand new and cool and blah, blah, blah in the mountains, park city, fun, fun. Or my parents' basement is free. It's got, you know, two bedrooms and a pull out couch. So it has beds for all three. It's free for you. And you're right next to me. So efficiencies I can get, we can, we can do a lot of work better. And it, he, they wouldn't even let me finish my sentence. Your parents' basement. And I'm like, these are my people. Yes. Uh, and that's so, exactly, yeah. <laughs> they stayed there. And um, yeah, the, the data stuff and the stuff that they have going, I'm a, I'm a, a huge fan. I'm grateful for the things they're doing in the industry. And uh, they're taking that golf cart and basically saying this way of doing things is wrong we're going to destroy this golf cart. The governor that exists, when you push that golf cart down, you can't go as fast as you want. You know, we're going to bring to play a Lamborghini. And um, it's amazing to see. It's amazing to watch. And I will forever champion and push them. And we have uh, collaborative efforts going on between Agency VA and Neon to help with some of our weaknesses that are their strengths and our strengths that are their weaknesses um, we've been able to help a lot as much as we can. It's, it's been excellent. Yeah, because when I first heard about it, it blew my mind to imagine all the data that you have within your office and the, the client data and all this stuff. But then when I heard him talk from stage or a podcast of the talking about the data within your office you can use, like you're talking about measuring keystrokes, measuring emails, measuring what the type of stuff they're doing, that's what you're talking about doing right now that's you know it's so similar and so i wondered if y'all were working on that together it's gonna be two separate things or were they integrate together if someone has neon i wondered how that was gonna look it i won't be far from seth and seth won't be far from me okay i'll make sure that we're and we are uh constantly working together he's someone that i trust and he's someone that's gonna make you know this industry better Okay, so now that we've gotten that out, I, I, I feel good about that because I was wondering how that was going to work. So now, moving forward then, back to my 10-man my agency, uh, and I've got uh, these metrics that you can send to me. And What does that look like? Going back to the efficiency conversation, um, I know you said a scale of 1 to 100. We talked about some of that. What all, besides the keystrokes and what they're doing, is there any other cool stuff that you could talk about where that goes? Stand on that soapbox a minute for me and tell me a little bit more. Sell yourself a little bit on that. It sounds cool. Sure. I mean, that's, this is, it's easy to sell myself on this is because I live, sleep, eat, breathe, or don't sleep. I'm always, this is where I'm at. This is where my, my, I'm spending all my energy right now um, because I believe in this. And uh, interestingly enough, the 10 years, well, it's been more than 10 years. I don't know why I only say 10, but the years I've spent in insurance, I realized that uh, unless I make a product or a technology that has application for an insurance agent, it doesn't matter how cool or how deep it can go. And so behind the scenes, there are deep al algorithms, there's deep uh, things that we're tracking and making sure are good. But what the insurance agent scenes is very, it's very application, the UIX, the, the experience of the user uh, is is Netflixy where it's easy. Anyone can do it. You know, I want the 58 year old CSR, you know, that's running the agency and is the face of the agency to look at this as a value and not something that they're intimidated by. And so the workload capacity indicator takes each of those things that are tracked and makes it the one through 100 number. So that's really all you have to focus on is where are we at? And, and you can see also um, because as people work remote, 
you can see random screenshots throughout the day too. And so uh, the application, even before remote work has been really powerful, even amongst office environments, you know, that have agents sitting right there because you don't really sit behind your producer, your CSR and stare at their screen. Um, but it allows you with the software, if you need to correct course, it allows you to bring something to the table that's unemotional. I think you're going on Facebook, you know, two hours a day isn't as powerful as, hey, can you look at this screenshot right here? It shows two hours today you're on Facebook. You know, we need to course correct here. So you're eliminating emotion. Yeah, and I think that's huge right now. And I got to be delicate in how I say this, but with all these different movements and the sensitivity right now in the workplace, uh, no matter what, you know, color, race, gender, whatever it may be, like you said, takes that emotion out. And then you can sit down with employee, whether whatever color, race, you know, gender they are and say, here's your score. Like you said, take that emotion out. Here's your score. What do you think? You know, maybe put that back on them. How do you think it can be more efficient? Or you could steer the boat yourself. And, and, and you're right. And, and it allows, it allows, uh, when I, I, I got, I'll back up again, my, when I came in and looked at insurance, what I saw some principles, one of the greatest principles I saw is ambiguity. And I was like, how, why is this so dark? Like, why does, does the head not know what the feet are saying? You know, the body's so disconnected and it's because it's so ambiguous. And when you bring transparency and light and shed it and show, um, you know, you may be spent two hours on Facebook, but the reason, you know, that top salesman is top salesman, they can see, this is why look like you want to know the, the formula to get better. It's sitting right next to you. And I don't love, you know, top salesperson or top performing CSR, you know, because I prefer them more than you on a personal level. I have the accolades and, and I'm, I'm uh, raining down praise on them because look at their numbers. And when you create that environment that everyone sees that, it starts creating standards and, and cultural, this is what our culture expects. And, and we're a community. And when the one, you know, with everything, you have your bad days, you have your bad things and, and it happens, but it, it keeps it all in the light. And so um, it's been really, really powerful. All the cybersecurity stuff's been cool. All the data movement's been cool, but the transparency has been the greatest. Okay. So yeah. And I get that. And so back to the transparency thing, do you see this? And maybe this is what you're referring to. And I'm just a, a dummy, but this being something you could post on a board somewhere to say everybody's numbers are posted at all times. So well, they, that, the mind. software already has that. The software already has a, okay. dash, a dashboard that will show uh, everyone's behavior. Everyone. So they could support. see it at any time. Again, so you could the, look at me versus somebody else. Be like, Oh man, I can't let Wesley outdo me. Or the agencies that prefer the ambiguity can show what they want to show. Um, they can check box whatever, whatever in heaven's name they want to show. I advise full transparency. Yeah. They, they may only want to show the cells or the service or whatever, you know, is their prerogative, but they have the ability to show to everyone, you know, what, what is going on. Right. Um, okay. So now is this software something that as it does well in insurance and as it blows up and does so well, as you mentioned earlier, and I agree with you, I think it's something that will be uh, not required, but something needed in every agency moving forward. I think it'll change the game. But do you see yourself selling this or moving this into other industries, the real estate industry, for example, or the lender, or even in schools? As my kids are going back to work from you know, school at home, could this be something that schools could use to see, okay, are these kids really working? Are they actually doing it? Or like my son, 
who spends an hour doing eight hours of school and then playing Fortnite for the rest of the day. Is it something you can see doing that with? So it's a very, very incredible question. And I, and I actually, um, what we have built, there are other softwares that do very similar things. The problem then becomes the implementation and the application of said software. When it gets to an insurance agency, the insurance agency and the CSR don't know what it means, what's happening. So it's intimidating and they don't use it. So there are softwares that do pieces of what we're doing. We've niched out for insurance. We speak insurance. We simplified it for insurance. So will we potentially do that in other industries? I got to get insurance right uh, before I can go there. And I've, I've spent many, many years now in insurance. So my brain still speaks it, sees it, fills it. Um, so I'm there right now. Um, and, and a lot of the beautiful things of a good uh, piece of technology are, does it fit the audience you're going to? And we're making sure that this fits insurance. And so many of my tech counterparts would look at this and say, Wes, what? This is so basic. And like, how do you call this innovation? And I'll be, I'll be like, well, you haven't spent a day in an insurance agency. This is great for them. It works well. It's powerful, you know, and, and it fits it fits their temperament. Yeah, I'm the same way you are. I listen to this and I think, you know, mind-blowing. This is great stuff you're doing. But a buddy, you know, that works for Google might be like, like you said, this is so backwards uh, or behind, you know, or flux capacitate or whatever it is from Back to the Future. But again, this is where we're at. This is the industry we're looking at. And this is uh, getting out of DOS and moving into the next century. So um, I'm just interested to see what that would look like and what the next steps may be for you. I, I shared, it's funny you say that. I, this morning I had a call, uh, one of my close friends uh, works for a Google related company. And I was, you know, um, I was sharing with him some of the problems I'd run into and like getting his take on how to fix and work. And he's like, he's like, really Wes, I, I think this would be cool uh, in 2017. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, and he's like, you, cause I can, I can, I could speak to him technologically and say this, this, and this. And he's like, that's what you should be doing. And I'm like, that is what the backend is doing. But the dashboard and the user experience, what they're seeing is it's for the insurance world. He's like, why are you saying, you know, what is an EOI? Um, what, what, what does that mean? You know, and, and, and is all these insurance acronyms creating into that language? He's like, are you making things up? And I'm like, no, man, I have to Google the acronyms they say all the time because there are so many, but this speaks to insurance and it speaks to their world and it's for them. You know, I could also see this working in a way that if you got eight producers, two of them are just killing it and the other six are not, I could see you as agency principal or me as agency principal, whoever's listening as agency principal saying, what are they doing differently? What keystrokes are they using? What sites are they going to? What behaviors are they doing? And flip that to the other six and say, do this. And this is so successful. Could you see that as well? Or am I thinking stupid? No. Insurance measures the dunk. They're a dunk show. They measure the end result. But what they fail to extrapolate on is the amount of leg exercise it took, calf raises, the dribbling to get to the hoop, the fundamental things to become a good dunker. Um, it's the weirdest thing I, when I think about insurances, they don't reverse engineer. They just want that dunk, you know, the cells that happened, the amount of tasks that took place. You want to just see the show, but you should be tracking the dribbles. and Or ring the bell. 
Yes, 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 yes. It's so end game, end game. But what, how did you get there? And, and how many, I mean, Steph Curry, well, you said we're in basketball land. Steph Curry has simple metrics um, that, that, go ahead, you, you, you what, what were you no, saying? No, I was just. Oh, was yeah, just yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I thought you were raising your hand. Uh, Steph no. Curry, <laughs> he is the greatest shooter <laughs> that we may ever see, you know. And, um, like, I've, I've dug deep into, like, what he does. Steph doesn't leave the gym until he's made 10 free throws in a row. No one talks about that. They just talk right. about, you know, dude, dude went off for 36 points, you know, uh, nine of them being three-pointers. And they also don't talk about that Seth wakes up every day or Steph, Seth Zaremba could probably shoot with Steph Curry as well. Um, Steph Curry can do everything. Yeah, and he shoots 100, you know, three-pointers every day. He fundamentally, uh, you know, is, is doing the required stuff. And if you watch him pregame, he's one of my favorite pregame. Dude's sitting over there, running plays, doing dribbles as if he's shooting a shot in the corner with three seconds left, and he's practicing that 20 times, you know? Like, yeah. when the ball what? gets in his hand – like he's done it 20 times that night, thousands of times, you know, that year. And so it's, it's, it's the fundamentals that we got to watch. Yeah. And it's funny. You use the basketball analogy. I just finally, I'm a little behind back to what you were talking about insurance agents, but I, I just got through finishing the last dance. Uh, great documentary. Um, uh, the bulls and Jordan and watching, uh, we all knew he was the greatest and it was a debate and whatever, but I still, after watching that, yeah, he was talent wise, one of the greatest ever, but I think his work ethic is what pushed him so far over the edge to see him after he lost the championship. The next day he was in the gym, you know, when he loses a game or when someone talks trash to him, he's honing his craft every day. So back to insurance, I could see this being something to where you could say, you know, CSRA, look at what CSRB is doing. Here's how they did, you know, being back to transparent, they did this. Um, you know, you could be more efficient by doing that uh, and vice versa. You know, if you don't want to be like this one, you know, I figure out there's some ways you could use this more than just tracking and putting a thumb on somebody. You could use this for training purposes. Just in the very respect that VAs aren't here to replace the insurance industry, this technology isn't here to put a thumb on anyone or track. And, and I think the initial reaction of everyone when they hear the name VA vision and st stuff like that, they just hit cybersecurity, cyber liability. Uh, no, 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 no. This is to amplify. This is to make better. Um, that is everything I'm trying to do. It is not to hold down and or catch someone. I spoke and we, we used the analogy of, you know, someone being on, uh, on Facebook for two hours. Well, you get, when you have full transparency, you get that healthy agents are on Facebook for an amount of time. And now they're not hiding that. There's no shame involved in that. It's not two hours a day, but it's okay when we see that. And when you're course correcting a fundamental, um, it's so much easier to go in and say, look, you're using this tool, Facebook, and it's distracting you. You're using it too much or too little, but the variables and things that you share with the agents and or the staff are showing, this is why I'm saying that. This isn't like my opinion. You know, these are the results. Here's the dunk. The dunk is the amount of premium that was sold if we're talking sales. He is selling double everyone else, but let's drive in why. And here's why. He's just, he didn't wake up and become a good dunker. Just like Jordan, he outworks everyone. And just like Jordan, the next one, Kobe, used the same trainer Jordan had. Kobe said, why would I recreate the will? Kobe's training with the exact same trainer. And Kobe is excellence. Jordan is the best. 
they outworked those around them. You know, it's, it's, it's not as much natural ability as it is the ability to fundamentally outwork anyone around you. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, one of the things I would imagine that you have an uphill battle as well as Seth and some of these other innovators and thought leaders of changing the mindset of agents from agency VAs are replacing my CSRs or CSRs being pissed off because agency VAs are doing this. And now with this, oh, you're just putting a thumb on people. You're just wanting to be big brother. You're just wanting to be doing this. Or you could flip that script, which is hard to do, as you said, 2017 a minute ago, um, to get them to think this is only an aid. This is going to help. And you could use this. Like for me, when I was a commercial agent, we worked with a lot of contractors. So if I had a VA that could have helped me put in certificates, help me to put out the stuff that they needed, it would have been so much easier to update things and put in driver lists and, and update that kind of stuff. It wouldn't have replaced my CSR. It would have enhanced her. Or if I knew, like you said, those metrics to say, you know, Joe Blow, you could have been doing way better like John Doe if you'd have been doing this. Is that true? That's got to be your biggest uphill battle. Yes, that is that is one of the greatest uphill battles we face. And what we suggest as we're discussing that to agencies, we say, you sit down with uh, Sally CSR and you have her like, I'm a big advocate. Now we're talking fundamentals, not dunking. I'm a big advocate of pen and paper sitting down on a meeting and saying, Hey, Sally CSR, let's list the top five things you're doing right now. And they put quoting and they put, uh, you know, endorsements, et cetera, et cetera. And then I make another column and I say, how much, what percentage of your day is spent doing that? When I do this exercise, it never equals a hundred. It's always far more than a hundred and that's okay. Um, I always look at the math and I'm like, wow, that's a long day. You know, you should, it should, we should be at a hundred here. I don't know how we're at 1,040. Um, and then the next column, which is the emotional side of things, which people I think, uh, mess up sometimes with CSR and staff, how much pain does this cause you? Okay. So now if I learn that quoting is 70% of your day and it's a nine on the pain scale, I can approach Sally CSR and say, look, what if we got a VA to handle quoting? Now, what are the possibilities? Now you have 70% of your day and we've eliminated what is a nine on your pain scale. Now, Sally CSR, do you see that I want to do this? Because I don't want you to hurt. I want to do this because I want you to be better. So let's get this VA here. And they view that as like, okay, I'm doing well. I'm doing great. It's a privilege. They bring the VA in. And then now as the owner of the company, you can communicate to Sally. That was 70% of your day. Now let's formulate, uh, you know, a uh, other tasks and or projects that are going to generate high revenue or generate income for the agency and you're gaining efficiencies as you implement this model. Um, but if you just go to Sally CSR, I would be the same way as her. And you say, I've got, you know, Eric, the VA out of Puerto Rico, you know, um, that's coming in, this bulldog's coming in. I'm thinking, yeah, this is my last couple of days here at this agency. I'm getting down in the dumps. I'm going to sabotage the VA. I'm going to make it not work because I am actually the face and the key. I'm Sally CSR. I'm going to make this not work. So I always share with people, VAs aren't for everyone. And the way you execute and implement a VA has to be calculated and has to be precise or else you're going to disrupt your whole flow. And, and, and so it's, and I had to learn that when I was 12. I had to learn that. You know what I mean? Like that, right. that, that there's a little wisdom there from a little dinky 14 year old having to go to another programmer and coder and him saying, well, why did you use him? I've always been your guy. Well, I'm not, look, you're working hard. We have a demand that's greater than you. And I want you, you're a rock star, bro. Stay good. We just need to get this person to help on this project. You're still good. You're still my person. Right. Um, 
Man, we've been going for a minute now. So, uh, I, you know, I, I want to start wrapping up a minute as much as I hate to. But, okay, just let's go uh, quick answer here just to let people know. Uh, okay, because as people, my audience is, you know, 45% Arkansas. So let's uh, get rid of some uh, common misnomers when it comes to VAs. Uh, okay, so um, yes or no. All your VAs are from another country and don't speak English. A hundred percent. No, we have three locations in Philippines, but we have three locations in uh, Puerto Rico and Puerto Rico. They have social securities. They spent 15, 20 years in the U S um, they're, and they're a province of the United States. Okay. Your VAs only work uh, forward facing. Uh, like client facing. Yes. No, no, many, many agencies, and I I advise them to do what they feel comfortable. The first six months or year of the relationship, they have them doing back office, not client facing, um, because they're dating this VA to make sure it's a good fit for their agency. And then if it's good there, it's for their clients. And so it usually starts back door and back office and then goes forward facing. Agency VAs are not licensed. Uh, False. That is, that is. That is my next project that I just am, am loving and working with is uh, we have, that's why we moved to Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico has social securities, which allows us to get ding, ding, ding insurance license. That's what we kept getting asked for. And just like a tech company, I'm not going to isolate myself to something, you know, just this, this, like I, our unlicensed VAs are phenomenal. I love them. They're great. I had so many agencies say, well, can you do license as well? And the two of them, that's the powerhouse. That is the formula that I believe is, is, is incredible. Uh, VAs are too expensive for me to hire in my agency. Uh, no, VAs uh, can, can be uh, too expensive not to, because if you're the one quoting, you have valued yourself at $10 an hour. And I, I've had his VA for a couple of months. I don't like him or her. Can I get rid of them or am I stuck with them? My Facebook messenger gets filled from time to time with that exact, hey, Wes, this VA just isn't a good fit. You know, we have hundreds of VAs out now, so that's bound to happen. Well, guess what? That is the beauty of using a VA. We now say, let's look at your tech deck. What tools are you using? Let's replace and let's go. You know, and so, no, you need to, if it's not a good fit, uh, communicate as quickly as possible. Now, uh, to my audience knows this, and if you've listened to any of the episodes Up until now, my favorite part of the show, turn your page, get a pen and pad out. I'm giving Wesley the floor. I'm muting myself for three or four minutes. I want you to talk about anything you want to educate, um, innovate. You can uh, inspire us, whatever you want to do for the next couple of minutes. I love this part. I'm going to shut up and let you talk. Floor is yours, brother. Sure. Um, I think what I'll, I'll, I'll communicate about today is the buying experience that exists in our country right now. And we need to adapt as insurance agencies uh, to follow that. And I think there's a trend going on right now where the consumer's telling us how we want to buy. They're, they're leading in the dance of this is how the buying process should be. And we're stepping on the toes and saying, no, we want to do it like this. And the thing I, I, I would like to focus on that I, I think a high percentage of people that are buying, whether it be a service, a widget or anything, Customer reviews, what do other people think about said company are so undervalued inside the insurance world right now. Um, But services, products, I mean, like look, watch your wife or watch your husband buy something on Amazon. 
everyone has the same formulaic approach that they do. They type in the product and then the filter that they're using uh, almost 100% of the time is average customer reviews. And then they go and they validate the purchase of the product and it happens with services by what the reviews and others say. Okay. The reason I bring that up is in the insurance world, there's a lot of cheerleaders and or fans of your agency that when they do that review, you need to set that on fire and send it out for everyone to see. And one of the things that we set up and established, it took us months to figure this out, was a mechanism and an automation by which after the Google review takes place, it then shoots to the rest of social media. So it comes in through Google, they, they give the review. Um, and after that, the automation that, uh, interestingly enough, the VAs were able to help me find out as we worked hand in hand was we needed to not touch the keyboard, not touch our mouse. And we needed that to hit Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, because what that's going to do, that's our marketing. That's our, that's everything. Um, so we created that, we call it our GMB or Google, my business automation in place and Lately, I have been, because I needed data a while ago, and we've now since got it going, I have been having my VA set that up for agencies for free, um, just as a way to get the heroes out there, those doing good out there. And insurance agents have the tendency to think, well, what's the risk associated with this? Well, I've already done all the risks associated. When we first programmed it, uh, we got a one-star review and it blasted. So now the rule is five star and only are the ones that go out. Um, but I hold strong to that. If people need help with that or would like one of our virtual assistants to set that up as kind of a measure of goodwill to the industry, they should be doing it. And it's exposing and shedding light on those awesome agencies out there that are getting great reviews. Um, I would be more than happy to help people with that. Yeah, I think that's awesome. And for me, and again, I'm not an agency owner anymore uh, or an agency owner at all, but I would want some of the threes and fours to go out there. It shows human and it shows that they're, you know, you're not perfect at everything and it helps you improve, but could that be changed or is it only fives now moving forward? They can tell us what they want, but okay, that, cool. uh, the most common setting is they want four or five heading out there. Um, right. If the individual drilled down and actually went to, to look at the reviews, they would see the ones and the twos if they existed in the agency um, but more than of the ones in the twos we found in the six months that we were building this out were just miscommunication. It wasn't actually a bad performance by the agency and or someone inside the agency. It was miscommunication. So it can be rectified pretty quickly. There you go. Well, like, for example, I think you and I are killing it right now on this podcast and I'm going to give it a five if I was voting or, you know, reviewing, but someone else listening might be like, ah, that Man. Heath guy's terrible. <laughs> Wes is awesome. But the Heath guy's like a two, I'm going to get down to a three, <laughs> but, um, that being said, man, I truly appreciate you coming on. Uh, I do want you to, if you don't mind, any kind of contact info you want to give out, I encourage my audience every week to reach out and contact my guests, ask them questions, get more involved. And uh, I would love that for you as well. Uh, you bet. We're going to wrap again someday soon, but go with your contact. You bet. So message me on uh, Facebook Messenger. I'll open that one up first. My parents were hippies. So the way they spelled my name is unique enough that it pulls up this big bearded, actually short bearded. I'm not tall. I've already gone over that. I'm not tall. Uh, individual. And the spelling is W-E-S-S-L-Y, then middle initial J, and then Anderson, A-N-D-E-R-S-O-N. Um, instant messenger on Facebook. Love to help you there. 
or email because they're hippies. They did W E S S double S at agencyva.com. Um, happy to help. If you have questions about VAs, happy to help. If you'd like to uh, position yourself and get that GMB automation in place, I don't know how much longer I do. If you message me six months from now and be like, I just listened to Heath's podcast. Can I get it? I, do, I don't know. I probably not now. Um, you know, but for the next little bit, you bet, you know, if you're friends of, of Heath, you're friends of mine. So I'd be more than happy to help. Okay. Uh, one last question. I'm going to, I'm going to jump off here. The J is that James, John, Jim, Santiago, man, James, it is James. Yes. Okay. I gotcha. I love it. So easy to find, you know, and anytime I look for him, that double S gets him every time. So he's the only one I think of on Facebook. that's double S. So, uh, get that dude. Thank you so much. You're a legend already in my mind. I appreciate it. And, um, Anything I can do for you, you let me know. And I know I can count on you for the same. Thanks, brother. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Yeah, bro. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with me and Wesley Anderson today in Insurance Town. What a great conversation we had. I really hope that the content that we brought helped you become a better insurance professional and gave you some ideas to make your agency better, your career better, uh, whatever you're doing better. That's what I hope to do here in Insurance Town. Uh, it's such a good time. I hope that you will reach out to my man, Wesley, if you would like to have any kind of help at all or have any advice or have any questions or anything you want to talk to him about. He would love to have that, I know. And uh, I, I'm the same way. Please continue to reach out to me. I love getting your emails and I love getting your Facebook messages. Heath at insurancetownpodcast.com. Please uh, continue to reach out. Any feedback you can give me, positive or negative, is welcomed. Guys, this week's podcast was recorded, edited, produced by my man, Ryan, over at Ready, Set, Podcast. He does a great job. If you have an idea for a podcast, uh, whether it's uh, knitting, whether it's wrestling, whether it's uh, collages with magazines, whether it's uh, insurance related at all, it doesn't matter. This guy can do it all for you, and he does a great job. ReadySetPodcast.xyz is the website, or you can find him on Facebook or Instagram. Ready, Set, Podcast, turning your brilliant idea into a reality. Thanks again, guys, for hanging out with me today. Have a great week. <laughs>